Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, it is great to be back inside the firm with you. It has been what I feel like a very, very long I say time. about a month. Yep. And and we're both outside the firm and inside the firm. But mostly outside the firm. Yep. But when we're inside the firm, what resources help us out? You know, I go to rcat.com. That's where I go. Well, that's where I tell the guys to go because you don't go to rcat.com because you don't do any work in the firm. Yeah. <laughs> so. you, do you know what many professionals in architecture dread, Al, that uh, RCAT can help you out with? Tell me. Editing down a manufacturer's specification. Absolutely. Imagine that you're staring down a 54-page specification. You only want one product in all of its attributes. There's a better way, and it's not throwing the entire specification into your project documents. It's ArcCat Spec Wizard. Spec Wizard Al is a patented, one of a kind, automated spec writing tool that allows you to specify a product in minutes, not hours. Just select the products and options you want to specify and generate a three part CSI spec in your choice of formats. Best of all, it's F R E E. What does that spell? Free. And requires no registration. Go to ARCAT.com and start building better content today. You need to do that, Al. And also, if you're ever at a conference or an event and they're there, we've met the guys, they're cool. Go hang out with them, high five them, immediately open up with a high five. Exactly. And, and they'll probably exactly. say, hey, Bill, yep. high five. I demand a high five. Make that happen. Make that happen for sure. And then get one. And you know what I read this on, Al? This is exciting. What? I am reading that read off of my brand new Precision 7540 Dell laptop computer. It is phenomenal. It is awesome. It starts up in less. I'm not joking. It's almost instant how it starts up. Time out. Time out. I'll give a comparison. You know what I'm telling you about that? Because Dell is our newest sponsor. Dell.com, everybody. Well, that's awesome. Well, then let's give them some comparisons, okay? All right. My old computer, that is probably four years old, if I turn it all the way off and then press a power key, I'm waiting a half hour to 45 minutes. What is your time? Almost zero, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Uh, yes. So 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 which one you have the seven the precision I have I, I recommend this for every architect 100 percent I'm gonna read some specs off for everybody too so it is uh it's the I have the precision seven five four zero and uh what we have precisions before you have you what are you sitting with right now you got the old you got an old seventy five ten but from half a decade al- ago almost four years ago. And uh, it's they're great. They're great workstations. I like them. One of the things I really like is that it actually has a calculator button because I'm always doing calculations uh, for with numbers and pro, you know putting together proposals and all that other good stuff. All the contracting stuff. Um, the processor in it is awesome. It's got an Intel Core i9-9980HK, uh, 2.4 gigahertz, 16 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, 64-bit operating, uh, and then and it's stacked with a graphics card. I'd have to look up the graphics card. Maybe I'll do that next time. But it is awesome. It well, is awesome. and we will tell you next time, so keep listening in, because for some of these heavy, heavy renderings, 
like Enscape and Revit, graphics card is where it's going to count. So like if you get a new computer and you think, oh, it's going to be great. I got a new computer, but you get a, a crappy get graphics card, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So don't do that. Um, so if you are going to buy, go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm because you get a uh, special discounts that for being inside the firm listener. So whatever regular Dell you would have got, if you go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm, you'll get even more discounts. It's self-explanatory. Go there. You can also call them at 1-800-757-8442. Just let them know that you are inside the firm members um, and your ID number is, this is all on our webpage, right? So if you go to inside the firm podcast, we're brought to you by ArtCat, who we love and Dell. And there's a member ID there, and it's five zero uh five three zero zero one five seven zero four seven five nine. But it's also on our website inside the firm. There's a link there. So if you're just gonna buy anyways, you might as well get the special. Don't discount. get a Mac, get a Dell. Oh, don't get a Mac. Just I no, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. <laughs> but you have to partition your drive. I'm more hating on Revit or who or the Macs who decided to make it not work on there. So um Crazy no one, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know what, Al? I gotta admit it, Jocko was right. Holy cow. <laughs> Jocko was right about what? Jocko was right about getting up at four thirty. Jocko was right about you get your you get your butt up early. Yep. And you crush it. Yep. It's the quiet hour. We've said this before, but I have been waking up today I woke up at four. Actually yep. three fifty eight. I woke up at three fifty eight. Yep. And I almost tweeted right at Jocko again. Yep. And told him you need to catch up, Jocko. He needs to catch up. <laughs> he needs to catch up. Yep. You know what's hilarious? Here's what's so crazy. I, I feel like there's also a term for this. So even though I woke up at four today and was working all the way up until all the way up until I like doing office stuff, all the way up until I started doing blue collar stuff on the job site, I almost still still didn't have enough time. Oh yeah. Like you I, always fill that window. Yep. And, and I think you need to cut distractions and really be focused. And I'll give you another. Jocko was right. We'll give him credit for two things. The extreme ownership. The one, it, it's helped in our communication. So we'll probably go over that this project is stressful, right? Yep. But when, when Lance comes at me with an, an issue, like he, he now starts with like, okay, maybe, and maybe I didn't understand this. Or I'll say, maybe I didn't communicate clearly that what I meant when I said this, you know, and it just helps, it helps attention ease so that the other person doesn't get defensive. But then also you still know, like, let's say Lance said, I didn't communicate clearly this, but I could still say like, well, I maybe should have interpreted, you know? So it, it, it just allows for an easier flow of communication. If you take ownership of it and then, but still clearly say what you're trying to say. Does that make sense? Would it you does second sense. that? It does make sense. No, communication is key. What the heck did I... Even even down to personal stuff. The other... The other my wife has been... My wife is awesome. Um, and she's been... She's she's she, she's she's a working wife. So she's not she's not stay at home. And but she but she does do a little a lot a lot of the housework type of stuff. And so I told her the other night, uh, hey, um, I won't be home till I won't be home till like seven thirty. Well, we eat supper at about six six thirty every night. And she and what I should have told her is, I won't be home until seven thirty. Don't worry about leaving a plate out for me. And then she was not happy after I didn't tell her that, and she cooked. So communication is key. 
Communication is key. <laughs> yep. Clear communication yep. is 100% key. Cool. Uh, so you've been out. You've been now. You're now moving into Alex's. Alex is Superintendent Al and Lance is Contractor Lance. So how do you feel about where we're at with the development and how we're trying to finish this thing? Yeah. I, I call myself in my head Super Al um, just because I really like how that sounds. Uh, but I, what was it? Three weeks ago? I've been out. Probably almost every day. About a month because that's how long that's how long it's been since we had had yeah. an actual podcast inside the firm. And I'll tell you, from the first week to the second week and then to the third week, like the more you get deep into it, like perspectives have changed. But the first week I was out there, you had that huge you had a huge list of like this is where the project's at, here's what we're doing. And I was literally just going back and forth, like kind of directing, helping answering questions, being like first floor guy, remember? And then doing yeah. a, a little bit of work. And honestly, I go, oh, I, I actually love this. I actually love this. And how I could relate it to was like, it was almost like a gambling high. Because remember, <laughs> the, remember the plumbing issue with the sewer, right? Yep. And it was... Have we told it? Have we, have we talked about that yet? That's a good one to talk about. Yeah. Public well, versus private. We'll go back into that. Keep going. But anyways, it was, hey, are we going to lose... $15,000 to $20,000 or are we going to lose $0? And, Literally. And 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 to me it, it's the 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 bad part like I'm putting a positive spin on it. It's like, "Oh, can we keep can we keep can we not lose money?" And it'll be like one day we'll lose 5,000, another day something will come in and be like, "Oh, we already paid for that. That's handled. We'll gain 2,000." So it's like gambling with your own money, but the majority of it is you're not winning. You're just trying to lose the less amount of money, right? And then, like, then the workload just, I think I had tasks. And then I told you, it's like, you can't really do tasks and also talk to everyone on Not the site. Not even close. Yeah, you can't at all. And and you think maybe you can. One, maybe, maybe you'll pick up a piece of garbage. Maybe you'll pick up one piece of garbage as you're going to talk to another person. But that is it. And I think that around the outside, so... What what happens is like there's five minutes breaks where like, okay, there's nothing to do for five minutes. And you could assign yourself like a task to go into one of the units and trim for whatever reason. Yep. But you'll be pulled away. So like I think that supplemental task, like, oh, you should maybe just be picking up when you have those five minutes on the on the first floor and outside. Just pick up and move stuff and organize stuff. Like that's 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 what your break is gonna be because yep. don't think that you can go and, and tape you know tack on gutters right um but then we i think we me and you came to a realization was because then then i was helping you polish and grind floors mm -hmm. and i'll put in the effort i'll grind a floor i'll do it and then i was like i don't like it though i don't like it i'd rather be out there trying to solve a problem like the window issue i rather like take my time look at a window Realize, okay, I don't know how this window works. How does it work? What's going on here? Maybe ask some people. Walk around. Ask four people. Oh, shit. There's a solution. The tags didn't come off. Oh, now go to every window. Take off all, all the uh, tags for the drainage. Perfect. That's like an owl task, right? Yep. Sitting there grinding floors. I feel like someone else. Lance polishes floors. <laughs> so this segment is Alex solves problems. Lance polishes floors. It could also be the Alex solve problems never changes. Alex solves problems. Yesterday, Lance installs railings. Yes. Uh, today, Alex solves problems. Lance 
uh, starts prepping the tiny house. We also are building a tiny house at the same time. Yeah, I know we're doing way too many things at once, but we we got to we got to pay bills. Yeah, Lance uh, builds tiny house. Yep, d- does all those things <clears throat> because that's my my happy spot is when I know we're marching forward with actual construction. Like I got, I need to see stuff getting done in order for me to calm my nerves. Alex needs to solve problems in order to calm his nerves and be happy as well. Or or Alex wastes his time removing the tiny house trailer around over the trench and lining it up with his truck and moving the trailer outside so his truck can move Lance puts in railings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that the painters can then paint the outside the front and finish it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so uh, that's where our development update is. I think is that we are, uh, I think we realized that one of another conclusion that we had is this is, so this is technically a, it's a $2 million build that doesn't include interest and all the other fees we got to pay on top of that. It's two buildings. One is a sixplex. One is a triplex. And I think, and I don't think there was any other way we could have done this project besides um, only one person could be in the field at the beginning, kind of running the show. And because there was still this sort of this transitionary, this transition period where we needed some of our uh, employees to get to the point of getting comfortable managing projects on their own, going to the meetings on their own, and handing off and letting all the clients know. I think if I was to ever do this again and to give anybody advice if they were doing this is, A, I don't know how you do it without a business partner. So then if you do have a business partner, B, would be if there's two buildings like that, I think it takes two people minimum to do it. And and we know, okay, so Lance does X, but let, let's broaden it and say what really happens too. So you need a contractor. That's Lance's name, contractor Al, and then super, super Al. I mean, contractor Lance, psycho, contractor psycho. Super Al. So you need those two people because you're still ordering materials. Yes. My whole morning was ordering more materials. Yep. Setting up uh, inspections. And you, I mean, if it was a different partner relationship, you, you could change around the roles. It doesn't really matter. Right. But there's a delineation. Like you need two people to like maybe be working. I don't know how you're going to break it up, but a project this big, you need two people. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the super, what, you know, or the GC, you could reverse the roles like Alex was saying. That person needs to be on the ground talking to all, all of these contractors and mitigating between them because the overlaps and the whining that I'm finding that happens is quite astounding where we think it's okay if the tile guy is in there doing his job after the painter we thought was done. He wasn't quite done. And then you're having to tell people to move their tools around because other people, I mean, just all of these kind of logistical things to keep, to keep the project moving, to keep people happy, to calm everybody's nerves and and, and keep thing moving forward. There's a guy that just has to go around and talk to people all all day, all day. There's so many moving parts separate from the other moving parts, like making sure, okay, we need 18 toilets. All right. Double check your math. It's almost like offsite guy, onsite guy. Yep. Yep. Like that's how we did it. You don't have to do it that way. But like Lance talks to all the people offsite to get the things on site. Correct. Al talks to all the people on site. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So we're almost there. Uh, we have our first closing scheduled for November 15th through December 2nd. And we're going to do our best to hopefully maybe try to beat a couple of those deadlines. 
Um, and then one other thing we're gonna we're gonna try to do is get the guys out on the site uh, more, e- even maybe on the weekends a little bit, um, to see if we can just get keep keep moving this thing ahead. We're facing crappy weather now, <laughs> yep. so we just turned the corner. It just turned cold, which affect which instantly affected the painting inside because we don't quite have the heat on it yet. Uh, electricity should be any day. Uh, right. I'm trying to get a hold of them, but yeah. Any 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 day, the electricity is finally going to be, all the buildings should be powered on. That's huge. We can take the temporary power off the site. I'm sick of looking at it. Uh, plumbing is really close to being, to being turned on in the buildings. We have all the lines in. We just have to... Gas have, is there today. Yep. The gas riser is getting put in, so we should have heat next week. So many things coming together. Um, crazy amount of work. Last night, the painter locked me out of the unit that our keys were in. So then I had to call a locksmith. I didn't get home till 8 p.m. So it was a 16-hour day. You were very happy about that <laughs> when we were on the phone. God, it was brutal. It, it was so, so brutal. Happy land. So I feel hungover today, even though I didn't even drink at all. That's how that's, yeah. how, that's how gross of a night it was. Yep. So that's that. But it's good to be alive. And speaking of being alive and people with questions, Stella Osborne, who is a listener of this podcast, is also going down the development road, and she's got some questions for us. I'm sick of talking now. You, you read them. Okay. Uh, hey, guys. I've been binge listening to your podcast. That's the way to do it. Uh, from the beginning and love it. I'm on episode 22, so I realize I have a lot of catching up to do. I believe for your townhome nine-unit project, you got a loan and put a down payment yourself, right? Question mark. Have you looked for investors since then, and how did you go about finding them? My development project right now is considered small in Atlanta, but big to me. Construction costs estimated at $6 million mixed use. We are trying to raise about $2 million for a, our down payment. Let me, let me reread it really quick. So, so, uh, I believe uh, for uh, your town, you got to loan it, put that into yourself. You, you read it to yourself. I'll yeah. start the answer. Um, so there's a couple down payments. Like If you have the land... You need a down payment for the land. Let's say 30% of the land. So let's say it's a million dollars just to make it, $100,000 to make it easy. Okay, now get $30,000. The idea hopefully is that you can do that yourself. If you're kind of wrapping this all together and maybe you you don't have the land or, or maybe like let's take the land out of the consideration because the second scenario is where you need money for the bigger amount of loan or you need it for the land. So there's a couple ways to do it. The bank wants... We'll only give you 75% loan to the lowest amount, which will be like actual cost. So you got to come up with 25% of that. So what's... I thought, I thought it was 35, 65. No, no, 75. Okay. Yep. Private will give you 65%. Uh, 65 loan to value. That's, yeah. So loan to value is higher than loan to cost. Right. So like you can almost cover all of your costs, almost, with a private. But they're going to charge you between 10 and 15% which a bank will be between three and 5%, right? Something like that. So we did go to investors because we couldn't do the, the loan just for the bank. And if you, and because that would have been a lower interest rate. So where we started off with all of our other developer buddies, I think one or two we didn't talk to, but like, that's where we went. Yep. And what was the, like, what happened there? If it just didn't work. I mean, nobody liked our margins. Which we don't of, even like our margins anymore. We don't anymore. even like our margins anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing is, I think that in our head, we are like, I can't remember if we were saying you get a percentage of the profit 
or you just get like, let's say you give us $100,000 in a year, we give you $120,000, right? Um, so I think we didn't get to that stage. It was just, they didn't like the margins. That's exactly what, they didn't like the margins. Some other people, like one other, one other guy wanted, um, he wanted a pretty hefty fee for his, because he wanted to act as a general contractor too, which would have alleviated some, a lot of stress. I don't know. I don't know if it would have helped the situation um, at all because it just, it just, there was a lot. Of, it's a tight site. It's kind of in a crappy neighborhood. Um, you know, a lot of like logistical issues. So I'm not sure anybody would have. He maybe he would have fired all the other contractors. It was, it was, it was a weird situation. Yeah, maybe he would have brought in di- his own different guys and he's trained them. I don't know. Yep. Exactly. So, um, so have you looked at investors? So for the next project, here's what I'll say. Stella is we want, we want, so we want to be, we want to do a, a potentially mixed use project where it's, you know, commercial lower level rental up top. And, um, I think for that one, we'd absolutely have to, we, what I would want to do is rate, I would, I would want to bring investors in almost right away. And show and 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 I would go talk. I would still go talk to one of our developer buddies, because he has this beautiful formula that he shows people, and he says, "Here's your, here's going to be your rate of return, Tim." Yep. He, I really liked how he put that. Did he ever send that to you? I think so. I think we okay, had. good. So I think we already have that, but still would like to go talk to him again. But the way he showed like what what their rate of return will be for investors, and then just be upfront about it from the beginning, and and go for a bank loan. I think. A, it would be. I. I think it was a. I, I would just like to know how a bank works versus the private money. I like the private money better because, for instance, yesterday I put in for a draw in the morning, and they had it funded by the end of the day. That is fast money, and what was and and we needed to be that fast because um, I have to pay the cabinet people to ensure that our delivery is going to happen on Monday or Tuesday, and if they don't have their if they don't have the yeah, final they're, money, they're not going to give it to us. Yep. The, and, and I think we did the loan before we knew all the math. We Sorry, we bought the land before we did all the final math to see if it would work out for uh, like a bank loan. And then we would have made... So if you can get a bank loan and then if you can get lenders, it's all about... Honestly, it's it's not about the architecture. It's not so much about you. Like you you have to be able to do it but it's all about the numbers. Like it boils down to the numbers with those people. Um, I think some of the people that we talked about that didn't loan it, we'll be able to show them and I think they'll be happy for us. And you know, they'll probably say, I know you could do it. You you just couldn't do it with the money that would have made sense for me. Exactly. That's exactly what they would say. Um, And then your point about the architecture, the one, the one good thing too about the private folks is that they, they treated our architecture plans as, cash nope it didn't matter it didn't even matter because it was 65 percent loan to value so whatever the appraisal value was was 65 percent. it's all numbers doesn't yeah, matter yeah and then and then and then just so everybody knows so we had to extend our loan um by a couple hundred thousand <laughs> yeah at the end because what we one of one thing we thought we would be able to do because we've been having a really great year was we'd be able to fill the gap with cash and we were able to fill quite a bit of it uh, with cash that we made throughout the year, but it, we fell short at the end, so we had to extend, and that's why our margins kind of suck now. We'll still we'll still eat. Oh, fine. We'll get a new building. It'll get a, get a bunch of experience. We launched another constru- uh, construction arm. That's part of the other things I want to talk about. 
is so it was it was a positive in the end because now we've we've fully launched F14 Productions, which is a contracting uh, company, um, and I've got two clients, um, one signed, and we're gonna it'll be that'll be a pure design build project, which is really really cool, and it's gonna be we should be breaking ground for that in a couple months, um, much smaller scale, much more tangible, way easier to handle, I guarantee it. Um, and I also have, now we also we also have worked through like, okay, no to this sub ever again. Yes, these are the best subs. Let's, let's yep. combine these two and make sure we have the preferred subs. And then the last thing I think that is like when I went into this, this sales meeting for F14 now with this client uh, two weeks ago, super confident. I was absolutely confident in telling them like, these are my preferred subs and here's why I prefer them. Oh yeah. Because they worked and it was just, what was that this client was so convinced that they, they, we got done with the meeting. They, they had some sticker shock. A lot of, I mean, name a client who doesn't have sticker shock. I'll be surprised. And then uh, they went outside for like two minutes, came back in and said, can we use the bathroom? And then said, let's do it. Shook my hand. It was that, it was awesome. It was awesome. Made, made my, because now, now we're looking forward to this project. And one of the things that um, Nick mentioned, Nick Renard, our best friend, by the way, we have, an, we have a reading from Nick to catch up on now. Yep. Is he says, uh, I think a good piece of advice that he gives is, look, a lot of you, if you, if you're reading the news, if you're watching, watching CNBC money or whatever, you know, they're talking about maybe more receptions on the, on the horizon. And so if you can, if you can transition to design build before it happens and land at least one or two projects. And at this point, if you're, if you're a decent contractor, you're hopefully you're charging 10, 12, 13, 14, 15% yep. of that overall fee. That's a way bigger fee than an architect's fee, at least, yep. at least how we operate. Yep. So you, you can extend the longevity of your, of your overall business structure yep. to soften that blow. And maybe you don't even really feel it. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if we honestly didn't feel it and we came out of it like we wanted to at the end, Al, and we were yeah. like, okay, now it's time to franchise. The only thing I want to add on to that so I have a house that potentially will be design build here in Longmont. Um, I don't know if the it's going to be GCL. GCL. I might keep the title Super L though. Yeah, you mean you own fifty percent of the F fourteen? So uh, yeah. So um, I don't think the HOA will allow us, but I want to do concrete walls, and the reason why wow. is because then you know all the subs, everyone's stepping over each other. Everyone's paint getting on things. Everyone's drywall. So you have your insulated concrete form that has the exterior, the insulation and the interior. And then you do, you run Quanda went for all your electrical and you have exposed HVAC. You get rid of framing, drywall, mud and tape, paint, insulation, and siding. That's six streamlined plus, plus the people who just the, plumbers that come and just cut all your cords just for fun it's been crazy so it goes from from seven to one and and maybe you're putting some sort of lacquer uh, on it to protect it at the end whatever um the concrete yeah Yeah. some kind of finish sure we don't know yeah i don't know sealant some exactly that's the word yeah (laughs) you know like Oh, I love that. That's I, I reducing think that, the amount of people. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that Alex and I both have been frustrated with and kind of mon, mind boggled by is, man, how do we? How does it? How can this? There's so many specialties, and the pro, I think one of the biggest problems with all these specialties trades in is, I mean, I, you, you can talk about it all day long, but until you're living it for like almost a year straight, um, 
I don't think you really understand the intersection problem. So for instance, on stucco, right? Stucco versus our siding versus our painters. Who should have, who should have done the caulking on the bead between the, where they intersect, right? Now we're having to pay a little bit extra to the painter. Who connects the water to the fire? Oh, that was a big one. Jeez. Yeah. So it, with the city we operate in, you can actually do a, you can use the fire line to tap your domestic off of, which is not typical anywhere else. The beautiful thing about that is, is it saves you on tap fees. So we're happy about it. The problem is it's such an anomaly. Nobody wants to take responsibility for it. And the way we pinned it down was, okay, who's, <clears throat> who is, who, who's, what inspection does that fall under? According to the city plumbing. Okay. Plumber, you got to do it. Yep. So this relates. I was just out uh, at the Building Communities Conference in, in South Padre Island, and I went out to see my best buddy. We're basically best buds now, Elon Musk. So they, <laughs> he, he's making this starship out there. So I went and saw his starship, and then literally the day I left, he was out there, and they did a, a, a press thing. Right? Oh, you just missed him. Just missed it. But listen to this. Tim Dodd, everyday astronaut, asked him, did an interview, and said, how, how did you build a starship in... Uh, it was like six or eight months because you, you probably don't know, but like when NASA or someone else builds anything, it takes eight years. Honestly, it's over budget and it's, it's, it it takes way too long, like ungodly amount of time. Right. Right. So like the one, I won't even go into it, but the one thing that (laughs) they're supposed to be building the SLS Uh has taken just as long and cost more than Elon's every rocket that he's made built up to this combined. So, and they, so he just said like, how did you do this? Because Insanity. this is not how space things are bought. Yeah. And, and the, his answer was, he's like, I've learned a lot about how to be efficient and quick. And then I was pondering that. And then they went on to some other topic. Think about what he does with Tesla. Think about how a car works. Like it goes down the line and it means you're, you're, you get the car first, you put in the wiring. I get it in. I put the door handles out. It's one thing at a time. So his spaceship. There's the cryogenic tanks that's made somewhere else. You place that there. There's the outside. That's all they're doing. There's the engines. That's somewhere else. And then they just plug and play. There's electric batteries for the fins. That's somewhere else. They put it in. The fins were made somewhere else. Just put in. The 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 steel was made somewhere else. Just shipped. So like every so th- th- he didn't say this, but this is how I'm thinking the in, in my mind was everything was built separately and you just come and you just place it in. And that's the lesson I think he learned from car manufacturing and that we're not, it, it, I'm not saying we can do it. I don't know how, but like, that's how cars go fast. It's one person at one station at a time or two, you know, one on each side. Yeah. I think I was telling you this, we were talking uh, maybe a week or two ago. It doesn't matter. Um, but I know we had the conversation of like, man, I just feel like, so if we're trying to do true uh, ownership, um, you know, like uh, with Jocko says and responsibility and that sort of stuff, it's. I really want to get good at this. It didn't. Go, nothing went really bad on the site. You know, nothing went really bad. I think. Um, yes, correct. We all knew. You and I knew, but we kind of fibbed to ourselves. Like, I don't think we have enough. We don't have enough. We're not going to have enough money to finish this. Mm-hmm. And we had to ex- ask for a loan extension. We thought we'd maybe have enough cash. You know, we. I thought some tricks would happen at the end. I mean, business is really good. Yep. Uh, but. But it's for me that it's been a okay. Here's here's how to manage people. Here's when I should be bringing people in. Um, there's a better way to do things, and I, I want I want to get really good at building now. Mm-hmm. So just so that it is it is as seamless as possible. Whether whether that is whether that's 
A versus B, and I would say A is having a select, the only a very small pool of select contractors. They know how we operate. We know how they operate. We know when they want to be in, when they don't want to be in on the job site and doing their thing. They want we want we know. Uh, it's probably better, honestly, if they supply their materials. I think that's one thing. That's one big lesson that I learned is like, yeah, we th- we did save some money by supplying our own materials. I, w- I wouldn't say it was a giant, giant chunk of change. Probably, probably small, and it helped our crappy margins. But as far as the speed of everything goes, and just me having less stress, right? I th- I think okay. So for this next build that we're gonna do, is they're supplying all of their materials. So framing does framing. I'm not doing, we're not supplying any materials whatsoever. Every single material is supplied either by the subcontractor or the supplier. You know, same thing. That's the the A. The B would be what you're saying, module. You're bringing in modules. You're trying to modulate the thing as much as possible. And you just did, would you say it was non-typical what you did? No, (laughs) I, I think it's... 50-50? I, yeah, 50-50, because I think we've worked with enough contractors as architects to know that like that our clients want to supply certain materials themselves, right? They have a very specific set of... Here's my question. The five contractors we know, did, did someone else say, yeah, I buy the materials? Oh, they all offered up front in their bids mm-hmm. that, no, they, no, no. that they would buy the materials. Is that what you're asking? No, 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 no. Like Brian, like... The, the contractors, not the subs, the contractors that we know that actually build. The subs. What? The I su- know, no, I know, but, but, but those other contractors, because you talked to Brian, yeah. right? Um, uh, you know, Tinker Homes, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but there's other people that you know. Do any of them say, oh, no, Lance, I buy everything? Okay. Yep. The subs do it. Yep. The subs do it. It was different for us because I thought like, and I, don't know, I just thought we could, I thought we would have enough cash to supplement. That that was the idea was like, okay, if we can get enough, the here's the, here was the original idea. We only have so much money to uh-huh. pay for the labor, right? Yeah. If I can then supplement the rest of the project with materials that I buy out of our, uh, we buy out of our pocket, great. Then we, that's how we can make these two Got match. It. Does Got that it. make sense? Yep. Yep. Um. So anyway, that's that. Yep. Yeah, that's the A. That's the A to the B. Next, another one more. She's got one more yep. question. Yeah. So I'm gonna read it to you. Okay. You listening? I'm listening. I promise. My <laughs> other question is regarding your general contractor's license requirement in the state of Georgia. What I'm seeing for any level of licensures, you must have interned with a contractor for two years prior to taking the exam. Does Colorado have similar? Is there any sort of credit for being licensed architect first? Any insight is much appreciated. That is an awesome Stella. question. This is why. I preach, Al does too, get out and get some con- Get out and get some construction experience and then take photos of your construction experience and make sure you, uh, make sure you keep a good repertoire with that, or good rapport uh, with that contractor that you worked for. So hopefully they'll vouch for you in this kind of way if when you, if, when you need it. I don't think, I, I, there's so many positives to doing that and working construction, not only if you're going to be your own contractor, but you learn all these certain things, right? So the way it works in Colorado was, first you got to take the ICC test. So it sounds like, Stella, you will be doing, I don't know how many stories your building is, but like a Class B contractor's license typically covers, you're basically like the lower level commercial builder. Type A, you could do whatever you want. You could do a skyscraper. You could do a giant, whatever, it doesn't matter. Type B, three stories or less any commercial building. So like, I don't know if you know this, Al, but we could build a school if we wanted to. 
Let's do it. We could build. We could build public works like that as long as it's under two stories. We could build a new city hall if we really wanted to. Yeah. Um, we don't so, want to. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that kind of paperwork. That paperwork that sounds crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Plus the deadlines. Um, so it, it, private is better. Um, so the way it worked. So I had to take the ICC test. I talked about it on one of the episodes um, a long time ago. And uh, did 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 we? You should do the Jocko way. Wake up at four thirty. Wake up at five thirty. Make that your morning. Read read through that IBC. One, just get it down to a T. Put tabs in it. You'll go into the test. You'll you'll kill it. So that was that was step one. The harder part though was I didn't think that was the hard part. The harder part was convincing the building official that to give me a license based on experience. So it is experience based in the city we operate in. So what I had to do was. I had to use um, projects. I had to use a hybrid of projects. Some of the projects were from way back when, like when I was like 18, no joke, and building commercial buildings. Uh, one was a daycare. Another one was an assisted living center. B- both you would have to have a class B up in North Dakota. Okay, there was a couple in uh, Minnesota, and then and then the high. So that was all. That was all sub. That was all me just being a, a worker. Like a carpenter. And you said like, Hey, this is my carpenter experience. Yep. 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 And I was under, a, I was under a general contractor, listed the general contractors, their name was very upfront about it. Even called them and said, Hey, you might be getting a call. They never did. And then the hybrid. And then the other hybrid part was, Hey, look at all this construction administ- administration experience I've done with all these commercial buildings that we've designed with the other general contractors and then put them down as references too. Did you use any just, well, construction admin. So it was architecture projects that were built that you did admin on. Yeah. Gotcha. Field inspections and, and all of that. And then I did say, I also had printed off a resume and I have my building construction technology degree, which is basically to be a little contractor. And I did that first for a bachelor's. And then I did kind of tout like, hey, come on, I'm also a licensed architect. I'm going to build this. Yep. And it was enough to convince them. The beautiful, like, all you have to do is do it once. If you can just, if you can convince them once, the beautiful thing about it is I just went to Boulder County, which is outside of our city, and and applied for a class B there for this new project we're going to build. And they go, oh, yeah, you could have just brought your license from Longmont, get reciprocity. Yep. Just brought, you could have just brought it in. You didn't have to show us your ICC test. Yep. I think I'll it, when I do it, I'll have to pass the test, study for the test. But I got Army contractor experience. Oh, plus this, plus Mark Two. Well, plus Mark Two, plus CA, but plus the two tiny, the three tiny houses. Yeah, they didn't care about those. They didn't care about no, those. No, they told me that they don't count. They told me they didn't count. They said they wanted to see commercial and multifamily. Yep. So, so and I'll still do even it though because, I, because I, even I, though they say it won't count, it will be another like one where on the fence like. Oh, it helps push you over the fence. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll should get a license. I mean, or at least pass it. At least just pass the test because then I wonder if we could put ourselves down as both. I don't know how it would work with We'd have to figure out legally with F14 how it works. I mean, mm. you're not going to start at 15, are you? No, no. Contractors all, all, it would be the same company, right? Yeah. yeah. It'd be the same company. Yeah. But maybe you're just separately licensed. I don't know. But either way, just getting you qualified in that way, I think is. A milestone for sure. So Stella, that's what I. That's what you got to do. Is I you? I think you do try for construction administration, working with other general contractors, and and you you present it that way. And then if you have any construction experience, it's maybe the internship could be 
construed as um, construction administration. I mean, I, to me, there's like, let's say you were interning with a contractor. Well, are you gonna if you're if a, if the general's being a true general, I doubt they're pounding nails. You know, that was like some of the comments I got when I was out there and literally just like yesterday installing railings like, man, I've never seen an owner or even a superintendent actually get dirty. Well, you know, we're kind of DIY guys. So um, that's that's the insight I would give you for that one. Nice. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to listen to this guy. I haven't heard him in a while. Oh, Nick's Nick's. Let's listen to Nick. Hello, best friends. I hope you've all had a great few weeks. And I hope you can forgive my absence. A reading. Don't worry about motivation. Motivation is fickle. It comes and goes. It is unreliable. And when you're counting on motivation to get your goals accomplished, you will likely fall short. So, don't expect to be motivated every day. To get out there and make things happen, you won't be. Don't count on motivation. Count on discipline. You know what you have to do, so make yourself do it. You do that with discipline. Everyone wants some magic pill, some life hack, that eliminates the need to do the work. But that does not exist. No. You have to do the work. You've got to hold the line. You've got to make it happen. So, dig in. Find the discipline. Be the discipline. Accomplish. That's it. Discipline equals freedom. Field Manual by Jocko Willink. Next week. C.O. on dig build number two. Then on to the next adventure. Alexa, play my favorite song. That is, if you remember my favorite song. Toodles! I thought he said his rule of if he's going to read Jocko, he can't do toodles. Did he say that? Yeah. He's breaking his own rule. He is breaking his um, own rule. Two things. I, I thought he was going to say, Alexa, play on to the next one by Jay-Z. That's what he should have said. That's what he really needs to say. Um, and then two, it, I, I think it's true like, okay, motivate. Are you are you pumping yourself up when you're waking up at 4.30 to do this? Or are you just being disciplined? Disciplined. To, exactly. I'm not going back to bed. I, 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 I literally sit up in bed and go, <laughs> I hope it's not 4.30. It's 4.30 time to get up yeah and you just do it and then you just do it yeah like he said congratulations to nick on his co exactly he, he messaged us yesterday i think it was yesterday David bragging I'm losing track of time bragging that he rubbing just, it in our face yep that he so nick nick has been it was doing, last friday no I don't monday or watch. tuesday it was monday or tuesday it was this week um but he has got the certificate of occupancy for his latest design build project. So congratulations to Nicholas James Renard for doing that. It is not easy. Oh, it was Tuesday. CO granted at 4.45 yesterday. Moving started at noon today. Um, yeah, I'm jealous. I am seriously jealous. I can't I can't wait until we 
we start doing that on our end, it's going to be good. It's going to be a big stress relief. It's just going to be amazing. Seriously. Like, what an accomplishment. It's like you said, we're giving birth right now to a freaking building. Two of them. Yep. We had to explain that analogy to our guys, and maybe we'll do that in the next segment, um, how it's just like a birth. But if you want to be disciplined and grow your skill in Revit, go to RevitRocketShip.com. It is our videos and tutorials of how we teach other professionals students, and our own firm how to be proficient in Revit. Money back, guaranteed. Be disciplined. No more excuses. Get it done. If you, I just saw an email. Actually, it was from TestFit.io, their Twitter account. Um, this guy tried to get their, their bosses to buy into it. They didn't, even, they didn't even do a tutorial. And they tried TestFit.io and they're like, ah, oh, I could do this faster in CAD, which is not true because it's an AI algorithm that helps you lay out buildings. So it's factually incorrect. And he said me and a couple other guys liked it, but the boss didn't, didn't want it. So if you are saying you could think you could do this faster in AutoCAD, it's because you don't have the correct training in Revit. And if you are, Hey, I'll just stick to AutoCAD. You are going to be left behind. Someone asked me this question when I was speaking at the building communities conference, what what are some of the hard things for the younger generations? And I went, you know, of course there'll always be, you don't have enough knowledge, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn stuff like that. But it's, are you going to grab these new tools and incorporate them into your architecture firm or your system? Because if you don't, someone else will. And if someone else, a developer or a contractor is using these new tools, guess what? That is more responsibility. What are they going to get for that? More reward. So be disciplined. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Learn yourself some Revit. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other episodes, please remember, sharing is caring. Share this podcast, this episode, whatever, one of the two, with a friend, a colleague, a student, someone who you think could benefit from listening to this. And don't forget, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us uh, expand our reach. And if you do that, and if you haven't done it yet, you can email Alex at akg at f9productions.com and he will send you a free PDF copy of his book, The Creativ- Creativity Code. That's all I got, Al. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>